Welcome, welcome, welcome Black to the first episode. Why would it be welcome Black? I'm doing it on purpose, folks. I'm saying Black. I don't give a shit. It's fun to say it. Uh, but why would it be back if it's if it's the first episode? <laughs> welcome Black, everybody. Uh, I'm saying that because there was a we did do a pilot episode. We did a uh, it was more of an intro to what the podcast is going to be about. It's a bit of an intro to what the podcast is going to be about. So take a peep at it. If you want to 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 know what the podcast is about, what direction we're going in, and uh, or that we might we might go in, just and 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 just just uh, why not give it a listen, guys? It's the first one, so give it a listen. So this is uh, or it's not the first. This is the first one officially. That one's a pilot. Let's just get that straight. I'm trying to. So uh, yeah, what we what we're gonna start with today. Uh, what we're going to start with in this one is I'm going to answer some questions up front about gear and stuff. Because to me, personally, to me, to me, that's the most boring part of everything is like gear, specs, and all that kind of stuff. It's just, I don't know, I find it a bit mind-numbing. For some people, that's really interesting. That's really what they, they go for. And I think a lot of people get trapped up, or not trapped up, but kind of wrapped up in gear because I think there's an illusion of the gear making the person or making the hiker or the biker or any of that kind of stuff. And uh, it's really not true. You know, people people uh, have been moving around the world very, very long distances for as long as there have been people. And this gear that we have nowadays, it might make things a little bit easier, but it's really only been around uh, for a a very short time, a drop in the bucket to, as far as the whole picture goes. So, uh, but yeah, well, just because when I, when I make vines, uh, a lot of the comments on the vines and, or when I do periscopes and stuff like that, a lot of, uh, a lot of people are asking what kind of, what kind of gear, what kind of bike, all that kind of stuff. So I'm gonna go ahead and, and answer those questions right up front and get that out of the way and then maybe not talk about it uh, as much anymore so all right so on this trip on my bicycle trip the one that just ended the one that we're going to be dealing with mostly I, I what kind of bicycle I rode I rode a Trek 520 and that is like your most run-of-the-mill uh, like right in the middle of the road touring bicycle it is the workhorse of the bicycle world. If you go on Craigslist, Craigslist, if you go on eBay or any of these things and you look up Trek 520s, people are selling Trek 520s from like the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. Like these bikes, they last for a long time. I bought mine new just because I want to get, I wanted a baby that I could grow with. I wanted something that would grow with me that I would mod myself that I had from conception to, to the end. And, uh, so that's why I got a new one, but don't think all you got to do is get the one that's in your size. And that is going to be a bike that, that will last for you for, uh, for a very long time. And, it, and it's going to do its job and it's going to do its job. Great. <clears throat> it's not, not so much a bike to take around town. Uh, it's a bike to take across country. That's what you're going to want to use it for. But yeah, th uh, that's, 
that's what's up. Um, and again, I've got, I really got to reiterate, it really does not matter what kind of bike. You're going to look on, if you're thinking about doing something like this, you're going to look on a lot of, you're going to look on a lot of, uh, uh, what's it called, like blogs and stuff, and people are, you know, uh, something people are really going to say is that it doesn't matter what bike you, and this is something I'm saying, something, you, it doesn't matter what bicycle you have. Uh, I saw people on Walmart bicycles riding across the country. Uh, if, it, if it's anything, if it's got two wheels and some pedals, you can make it across country, baby. Again, it's all about the person. It's not about the gear. It's your will and your drive to do these things. That's going to matter at the end of the day. And uh, if your will is to make it across country, you're going to make it, baby. That's what's up. So, yeah, I had uh, some panniers, which that is cycling, tour, tour cycling lingo. The panniers are the saddlebags or the bags that, that set on the back of the rack. Um, now, I only had two bags on the back rack. Uh, and that's all I had. So a lot of people will have two bags in the back rack. They'll have two bags on the front. They'll have a bag on the handlebars, all this stuff. Like you can really load. It's crazy how much stuff you can actually get on a bicycle. And, uh, you know, riding across America, there's a lot you really don't need. There's going to be bicycle shops everywhere. So if something goes wrong, you can always get to a bicycle shop. There's always cars that'll pick you up, help you out. Uh, there's food all over the place. Um, so it's not like you're riding across Namibia or something like that and you got to bring everything that could possibly go wrong with you so um, rule of thumb for me uh, the way I like to look at it is bring less than you need and again this is this is only going for like if you're if you're going to be going across country in America or even hiking in America bring less than you need because it's easier to acquire those things while you're out there than purchasing more than you need, and then when you get out there, realizing you don't need it and having to send it back. Not only that, but then you're spending twice as much money on that thing because you've already bought it, and now you got to pay money to get that thing home. So if you're iffy on an item, if you're like, do I really need this? Just don't even get it. And if, if you need it, you can get it while you're out there. That's that's the way to do it. Um, so yeah, I had uh, the panniers are your saddlebags that go on the back rack. I had two, two panniers. Uh, you know, one on each side, they were VOD, V-A-U-D-E, and they worked great. They worked great for me. Uh, a lot of people get Ortliebs, which are this really fancy German brand, and um, they're like kind of like a roll sack. Like you roll it down and you buckle it, and it's waterproof and all that kind of stuff. Those are the Ortliebs, but the ones I had, you just buckle them. They were waterproof, like if it rained, no water was getting in them. Uh, they were 55 liters, which was 10 liters more then I hiked with, I hiked with a 45 liter pack. And, uh, so, so needless to say that fit everything I needed, including extra tires, tubes, that kind of stuff from, for my bike. Um, and then I had, uh, so yeah, I had all that stuff, the extra tubes. I had a sleeping bag, my clothes, you know, like real simple clothes, like one t-shirt, one long sleeve shirt, jacket, rain jacket, that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, that's mostly for when you're camped up somewhere, because if you're riding your bike, your body's generating so much heat that you really don't, uh, you really don't need any of those, any of that stuff. But like I said, your body's just generating so much heat. So, so you'll be all right as far as if it's cold and whatnot. So it's really for when you camped up. 
Um, the tent I had uh, is a little bit heavier than a lot of people. Again, people are all the gram weenies, man. People worry about weight a lot. And like I said, I brought less than I needed just because it's easier that way. But if there was something uh, like my tent, I had a fly. It was a big Agnes Fly Creek, uh, which is bigger than a lot of the tents that some people had. It was a two-person tent. But, I mean, that's the luxury I wanted to live with. Uh, I wanted to be able to put my stuff inside my tent if I needed to. If, if shit got scary out there, you know, if it started raining or something, being able to put my stuff, everything in my tent, um, all that kind of stuff, you know, and, and so that way I'm not worrying about weight, but you know, some people are just, they make a lot of sacrifices and Hey, it's all about your personal journey. Whatever you want to do, go out and do it, be happy. But that's not, that's not the way I did it. That's not the way I want to do it. Um, so yeah, I think, and then I also, you know, I had a sleeping pad. And uh, so the sleeping pad, my tent, and I also had Tyvek, uh, which was a trick I learned. Tyvek is is what they put between the siding, uh, under the underneath the siding on a house, and it's like moisture control. It keeps moisture out. Actually, moisture only only goes one way through it, but it's really good to put under your tent for like a footprint. Uh, protects the bottom of the tent from getting scratched or broken, and also protects from water and and um, condensation on the bottom of the tent, that kind of stuff. And uh, those items, my sleeping pad it was a Thermarest foam pad, wrapped it around my tent, strapped it to the to the back of my rack, and then I had my two back bags, and I also had a backpack. So that's what I was rolling with. Also had a battery, an external battery pack for my phone. Um, though I, you probably don't need it as much biking as you would hiking, um, because there's outlets everywhere. You're always in a town. Uh, there were some stretches where there aren't towns, but you know, it's it's no more than a day. You're gonna find electricity, in when you're when you're out biking. So that's that. All right. I know that took about 10 minutes for the gear, and towards the end, even I was getting bored. I'm bored with this stuff. Let's get into the stories. Let's start talking about things. Let's start doing things. So, uh, I I think a really fun fun topic to talk about today, something to really just start out with, because there's so much. There is so much, and I don't know where to start. Well, I mean, I do know where to start. I'm starting with this today, but there's we'll, we're going to have a lot of time together, folks. I'm, I'm back home on this traveling off season for for quite some time now. You like that burp? I taste it's corn chips. That's what that is. That's uh, corn chips coming up. I'm living a steady life of corn chips. I like them. So. We have a lot of time and uh, to work around, so I wanted to pick something that was a consistent thread through through the trail, the hiking trail, and the biking trail, just to sort of uh, um, show show the magic, talk about the magic of the whole thing, and uh, so I think this is a good intro story, a talk. It's more of a talk. There, there's a slight story in here, and and more of like a talk about. Uh, what it's like to be out there doing these kind of things like hiking the Appalachian Trail and riding your bicycle. And um, then, you know, later on, as I, I'm, I'm trying to write out some of these stories and, and see how they go when I do that. And uh, just to make it more interesting so that I can, I can definitely get to you guys just the coolest stuff and the most interesting stuff. I don't want to bore you with, I just don't want to bore you. That's the bottom line. And uh, <laughs> I know talking about gear bores me so so let's move away from that and uh, let's get into this all right 
So if you are into video games at all, this is going to interest you. And if you're not into video games at all, I think this could still interest you. <laughs> uh, fuck yeah. So, uh, and what I mean is doing, uh, this was a, this was a very common thing on the Appalachian Trail. Me and the people that I hiked with, my friends, uh, Matthew and some other people, we began realizing Now, me and Matthew, our friends would go back before the trail and, uh, we've played our fair share of video games. And what video game specifically, uh, or what type of video game specifically I'm talking about is RPGs, so role-playing games. And, uh, you know, it's any, any role-playing game at all is, if you've played any role-playing game at all, this is really going to uh, be right up your alley. And it might even start getting y'all zhuzhed, all zhuzhed up. For doing something on your own, you know, going out and, and seeing the world on your own. Because what I'm going to lay down for you is the eerie and just amazing similarities between uh, between RPG video games and doing things like hiking the Appalachian Trail and riding your bike across country. It is just, it's like I said, it's a bit eerie. And uh, it's fascinating. It really is fascinating. Now, I don't know if the people that make these video games have ever done something like this, but maybe it's just, you know, when, they, when they're trying to make these video games, it's just, just how it happens, uh, kind of. It's art imitating life. Uh, I wouldn't say it's life imitating art because I think people have been doing these kind of things long before RPG video games were even around. Um, yeah. So, uh, I like to play, I like to play, you know, your, um, Elder Scrolls video games, you know, Skyrim is going to be one. So that's like the most widespread game that I guess a lot of people listening to this would, would know, but really any, like the top down, like your isometric RPGs, which is, that means like top, like you're looking down on top of it. It's really old. It's pixelated. You're just like this little guy running around like, um, Pokemans, and I can say Pokemon, <laughs> or Pokemon, all right, it's Pokemon, I get it. So, like, you're running around in, in uh, out in the woods, in these towns, out in the open world, and you get into towns and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, those games are really just your bones structure. You don't need all of those fancy graphics and everything to really get the feeling of what's going on, because that's what happens in real life. So, first of all, just like in these RPG video, just like in these these games, let's say you're on the Appalachian Trail. We're gonna we're gonna use this one, uh, use this as a as an example, uh, just because it's just to, to to draw the connections here for you. When you're walking, first you're, you're walking out in the woods. You're in the open world, right? And you're out in the woods, and you're gonna be out there for a little bit. And you have your gear with you. You have food. And this, you gotta eat your food, and you have to, you have to portion out this food for how many days you're gonna be hiking, because you're gonna be out for a certain number of days. So, if you hike too slow, you're gonna run out of food, and uh, you don't want to run out of food. So you always gotta make sure you're gonna get to the next place, and uh, you can tent, you can choose to tent up in the woods, 
But then let's say you hike into town, right? You hike into town and uh, you can go to the inn. And I'm not talking about a hotel. Like these are, they're like traveling, they're travelers hostels and stuff. Like you get into the town and you go to like these little hostels and, and stuff and it's an inn and they put you up in the inn, right? And then in all, uh, in all places where there, a lot of hikers end up congregating or, or funneling through on the Appalachian Trail, they have these things called hiker boxes, right? And a hiker box is like this exchange system. So in a hostel, uh, there'll be like a corner or there'll be a big box where people will get there and they'll be like, oh man, I don't need these boots anymore. Uh, I got some different boots or I just bought some different boots or I don't need this knife. Or I don't need this water bottle or whatever it is. And they leave it there. Right. But then other people will show up and they're like, man, I just broke a bootstrap. Let me just see if there's any boots here. And you go and you look at the box and Hey, you found a pair of boots, right? That's a treasure chest. In an RPG game, that's a treasure chest. You get someplace and there's a treasure. You loot that treasure chest. You go and you look in it and sometimes there's some dope-ass loot in there. One of my friends found a rechargeable, it was an external rechargeable battery, right, for your cell phone with a solar panel on it. So you let that bitch sit out in the sun and the, the sun will charge it up. If that's taking too long, you can plug it in. That, that's a good, who's putting that in a hiker box? That's a that's some like class A loot you find in there. You open that up like that's some legendary loot. That's crazy, right? <laughs> I'm telling you, that's that's what the trails like. You get into this town, you can stay at the inn, you you see the hiker box, you loot the hiker box. Plus you have gear. Like I know I just said I don't like talking about the gear, but it's just like in these video games like People have different boots. Everyone's got different boots. People got, you know, you acquire your gear. You put your gear together. You got your trekking poles. You got your backpack. What kind of pack do you have? Um, what kind of bike do you have? What kind of anything? You know, these, it's just like it. You know, you're acquiring your gear and for your player, for your character, right? And I think another thing that's really funny is out in the Appalachian Trail is you even pick you don't pick, but you even, you get a trail name. Like that is a staple of the Appalachian Trail. Is that you uh, you end up acquiring a trail name. That's been happening for for years, decades out on the Appalachian Trail. They give you a uh, they give you a trail name while you're out there. Mine was Chevy, uh, and you may say like Chevy Chase, uh, more like Chevy Chafe. That was my name, Chevy Chafe. Wildly considered the best trail name ever out ever been. <laughs> Hell yeah, baby. What's up? So. Yeah, so you even get a name, like a character name, and you get out there, and uh, you get into a town, and you know you have your overarching quest line, and that is get to Mount Katahdin, get to the end, hike the whole way, and get to the end. And that's, the, that's your main storyline, right? But there's so many side quests. Uh, there's so many things to do. Like you got the, the um, uh, just to name some real small things, there was the ice cream challenge where you... And there was a certain town where you got there and they you ate a, a gallon of ice cream or whatever. I don't think it's a gallon. Maybe it's like a half gallon of ice cream. And they give you um, some special spoon, like a wooden spoon, right? So there's little things like that. You get side quests to your over overall quest line. Uh, when you get into a town to acquire some of these quests, you might speak to an NPC. Now, there's people on the trail that are always there like they've been there for years right and uh like uncle johnny is the man who on he owns uncle johnny's hostel 
and uh, I think it's Irwin, Tennessee. I can't believe I recalled that just now. I did not have that written down. I'm so surprised I just recalled that. So this man, <laughs> high five to me. What's up? So this man owns Uncle Johnny's uh, uh, thing there, and, and we get there, we get into this town, and he, um, you know, you speak to this NPC, and an NPC, again, if you don't play video games, it's a non-playable character. That's somebody that's just always in the town. It's like the AI person that's just like walking around town, and uh, he's always been there. He's been there forever, and you could talk to him, and he, you could you could stay at his inn or you could choose like a dialogue box comes up and you can choose uh okay do i stay at the inn or do i um you can ask more information you can say hey tell me about Irwin, tennessee and he could tell you about all the places to eat all the places to go uh when i when we were there there was a special event going on it was cinco de mayo now boys i can let you stay here uh you know how many of you you got you got about five of you Let's see, usually we do it about 10 ahead, but because there's so many, I could do you about five ahead. And you know what? If you stay tonight, there's a big old Cinco de Mayo party coming on tonight. And uh, I'll load everybody up and take you out in there. And we'll, that's, you know what I mean? So there was a special side quest. We, I didn't choose to do the side quest. Uh, nobody in my group did. At that time, we were really into just trying to, to we were focusing on our main quest line. Uh, we were really, it's a very, it's a large and daunting task to be hiking 2,000 miles in six months. Like, uh, you really got to stay focused. So kudos to the people that went and hung out at that Cinco de Mayo, uh, Cinco de Mayo party, right? But um, we didn't choose to do it. And so, so that would be like a little side quest. That would be more information for the NPC. And uh, that's, that's what's up. That's some really cool things. So now I want to, when, when I went on the bicycle trip, as soon as I got out on the bicycle and we started riding, uh, and I say we because I was with a girl, very pretty girl named Naraya, and I'll tell you more about her later, but when we started riding out on the trail, I immediately realized uh, that I had downloaded the expansion pack and that the expansion pack came with a mount and <laughs> and so you beat the first you beat the first you beat the game and then you download the expansion pack and it, it extends the game and uh when your level is high enough then you can have now you have a mount which is a, a way to get around quicker like you've earned i earned the mount of the bicycle uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, this shit's crazy. It's all, it's the same thing. I'm telling you, if you play video games, uh, if you play RPGs and you're listening to this right now, it's exactly, it's, it is exactly that. Only it's real life. That's it. That's the bottom line. That's what I'm telling you. So now, um, before, like I said, we started in Damascus, Virginia, and we rode to, to Granby, Colorado, and, uh, when we before we got to Damascus, like on our way to Damascus, uh, and we went to Damascus for Trail Days, which is a large festival that happens uh, right when everyone kind of gets to that area while they're hiking. So yeah, Damascus, Virginia is is on the Appalachian Trail, and when 
they from like May 14th to like the 17th, there's this festival called Trail Days, and that's right about like so everyone starts about March and April, and so all the hikers are right in that area at that time, and they all attend Trail Days. There's this huge festival for hikers. It's a lot of stuff going on. It's a lot of fun. It's really cool. And um, since we hiked last year, me and Matt uh, made plans to go to trail days as a reunion because so many of the people that we hiked with were going to be there so it was going to be like a big reunion we were all going to hang out and see each other again and uh it was going to be a lot of fun and then i was going to leave from there or we were going to leave from there so <clears throat> it comes time for us to go to to trail days and um i start uh we start drive uh when we drive up we stopped at my sister's and um what is it called? Uh, she lives like right out. She lives somewhere in North Carolina. I don't friggin' know. <laughs> she lives in North Carolina. That's it. And and when uh, when we got there, we hung out for a bit. And one of the days, she took us to she took us to a lake. And we went to the lake. And while we were walking out to to the lake, I found this like necklace. It was a tiki. Um, so so it was a leather string, and the like the pendant for the necklace was like this piece of wood and there was a tiki carved on the piece of wood and uh, kind of like a tacky piece of jewelry. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't wear this thing. Right. And, but I picked it up and because it was right, like I was walking and I almost stepped on it and I saw it and I was like, you know, I'll pick this up. Why not? And I picked it up and I wore it for a second and I was like, eh, I don't like wearing this thing. And then uh, I tried to give it to Naraya and she's like, nah, I don't want it. And then she gave it, I found it on my stuff like later on, like I tried to give it to her and I found it on my stuff. And, uh, so I took it and I kept taking it, you know, and I, and I was like, whatever, all right, maybe I'll just give it to somebody else. I'll hold on to her for a bit. And then, uh, I think I tried to give it to Matt as well. He didn't want it. I think I, I even tried to give it to my niece. Who's like this little, th uh, three-year-old girl. She didn't want it. <laughs> Nobody wanted this thing. I don't know what's going on. And then I, um, we finally get to to Damascus, and I still have this thing in my stuff, and so I try to give it to uh, I try to give it to all my friends, and it wasn't like, hey guys, somebody please take this. Like I would give it to somebody, and they would be like, oh thanks man, and then they would have it for a little bit, and then I would find it like back on my things, like they would put it back on my things, like they just didn't want it, right? I'd be like, dang, like what's going on? Nobody wants this thing. So I just go up to somebody else, like another one of my friends, like, hey, do you want here to have this? I want you to have this. I'd be like, all right. Or I'd see somebody pick it up and start messing with it. And I'd be like, that's yours, take it. And then eh, and they just like put it back on my stuff. Like I couldn't get rid of this thing. And so what I did, you know, we finally start uh, riding our bikes on May 18th. Uh, trail days is all over. I still have this damn tiki. And so what I did was I just wrapped it around my bicycle, like my handlebars, uh, just kind of wrapped around the handlebar. So it hung from my handlebar and, um, it, that's where it was. That's where it was hanging for a while. So I guess what I realized at that point, once I hung it up was that in picking up this Tiki, I inevitably accepted a quest line that's attached to this item. And, uh, the quest line I realize is to bring this thing to its proper owner. And like I said, I kept just trying to give it to everybody I saw, like, here, take it, take it, take it. No, none of these people owned this thing. And I don't mean like it's actual proper owner, but 
you know, it's spiritual owner. That's what we're talking. Let's talk about, let's, let's let the story wash over us. Let's just get in it and say it's his spiritual owner. Right. And I, I had this thing in my head that this, this Tiki is like this, um, there's an embodied spirit with this tiki and it's guiding us back to whoever it belongs to and it's hanging on my handlebars and it was facing forward like looking at us and it was guiding us the whole time and uh you know protecting us and whatnot and um i really liked it it was a really fun thing to play with you know when you're out there doing these things and you're riding around why not play with those ideas why not have fun like the world is only as magical is as magical as you let it be uh if you want to live in a dreary reality with with no fun and by all means do that but i'm out here having fun baby so why not <laughs> so i uh so yeah i had this thing hanging on my bike for months and uh i, I kind of grew attached to it hanging there i really liked the way it looked aesthetically it kind of matched my bike it just gave it this cool sort of like not Hawaii feel, but just like a beachy feel, like a laid back sort of like aloha kind of feel. And I like that because, you know, I'm from Florida and, and I like having that representation that uh, so much of Florida has sunken into me and having that chilled out kind of attitude. I like that. So it was cool having it on my bike for a very long time. And uh, what happened was uh, Naraya and I end up splitting up. Uh, her knees were hurting her pretty badly and it wasn't she wasn't having fun anymore because of her knees and that's my thing if you're not having fun doing these things if every day is miserable while you're biking or hiking and it's just it's pain and you don't want to be out there anymore then do not do it don't do anything you don't want to do like if it's if 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 you're doing it just so you can go back home and tell people you did it and you're pushing yourself and being miserable that's maybe that's the wrong reason like if you're miserable doing it just it's not for you, baby. Just just quit doing it. That's what's up, and um, and that's okay. That's really okay. Just don't don't not have fun because those things are about having fun. And uh, so yeah, she ended up she she got a bus ticket. She went to this is a whole that is like a whole another story that we'll go over in another podcast. Just the uh, really really interesting thing that kind of happened with her getting uh, a bus ticket and all that kind of stuff. Crazy stuff. But what's really important for this story, or for this quest line that I'm talking about, and this is the this is the Tiki Man quest, right? <laughs> when um, and and so the important thing is that we parted ways, and I was alone. Uh, one moment. Uh, all right. I apologize about that. Uh, said one moment because there was a slight interruption. But let's get back to the story. So the most important, so the important aspect is that. We have parted ways, right? And I was now on my own. And before we parted ways, I, I remember telling her, I was like, I think I'm about to meet somebody that's really cool and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, right? And uh, so we parted ways and I rode for two days on my own and I, I get into a town called Newton, uh, Newton, Kansas. And... Uh, as soon as I get there, I pull up on a, uh, I pull up on a, um, a Little Caesars. I'm hungry. It's like lunchtime, and Little Caesars is dope. I mean, I mean, it's not dope in the grand scheme of pizza, 
But when you are riding your bicycle on a budget or you're hiking on a budget and somebody, you can walk into a storefront and hand that person $5 and they'll hand you a fully cooked pizza that like at, as you're handing them the money, that's a godsend. That's a special thing. There, there's something special about that. So I get, <clears throat> get out and I'm eating my pizza and I see a guy with a weed whacker approaching, uh, approaching where I'm sitting. And when you're out, uh, especially, especially, especially whichever way you say it, when you're riding your bike, people see a traveler and they really want to ask questions and, uh, they, they're, they're interested. So that's cool. That's chill. And I see this guy coming up to me and he's kind of giving me this look like he's going to start talking to me. And, uh, <laughs> but, and I was like, man, I looked at him and he had a, a big old beard and some long hair and he's, he was tall. He's but tall, as tall as me, if not a little bit taller, bigger guy. Right. And uh, I was like, man, this guy, this guy might start talking to me, but that that's cool. He seems like a cool guy. <laughs> and uh, he comes up to me as he's weed whacking and he turns off his weed whacker and he looks at me and he goes, Hey man, where'd you start? And I said, uh, Damascus, Virginia. And he's like, Oh, Damascus. Cool. You, you ever been to trail days? And I was like, yeah, that's why I started in Damascus, Virginia. I went to trail days because I, you know, I hiked last year. It was like a reunion. He's like, no way you hiked last year. And I was like, yeah. He's like, so did I <laughs> like, no way. Right. So he asked me my trail name and I tell him and, uh, ask him his trail name and his trail name was Yogi. And yeah, in the same year that I through hiked, he through hiked as well. Uh, did the same exact thing, the same direction, but I never met this guy. I never saw his face. I never once ever uh, saw this guy named Yogi, right? <laughs> and uh, he threw like the Appalachian Trail in the exact same year that I did, uh, but we never met. And see, that's the crazy part about being out and traveling. Uh, you can spend 2,000 miles in a straight line with somebody from Georgia to Maine and never ever meet them. And then fate and the universe brings you together in the middle of buttfuck nowhere, Kansas, man, <laughs> just because of Little Caesars. I wanted some Little Caesars, right? And uh, so I see him, and so we're talking to talking, and he's like, hey, man, you know what? You got to come over and hang out. Like, I don't know how far you're going today or what, what your plans are, but, you know, you're more than welcome to come and hang out and uh, with me and my girlfriend, who also hiked the trail, who I also didn't meet, <laughs> just this crazy thing, right? And uh, he lived in Hutchinson, Kansas, which was another 20-something miles in the same direction that I was going. And so I was like, you know what? I think that that would be great, you know, if it's in the same direction. And it was only off the bike route that I was on by a little bit. And so uh, I was like, sure, hell yeah, fuck, fuck yeah, I'm going to come hang out. And so... I rode my bike to uh, to Hutchinson, rolled right up to his front door. He was sitting outside on the porch drinking a beer and uh, hanging out. And I was like, hell yeah. And instantly we just start talking and connecting. And he was an awesome guy. And he was so chill. He took me to a really awesome uh, little swimming hole. He's like, hey, you want to go to like a, a, a local secret here? And I was like, sure. And it was this little swimming hole. It's this big old spring right off the Arkansas River. And uh, it was beautiful water. It was a really hot day out, but the water just felt so good. And uh, it was just had a blast. We had some beers and hung out. And we went back to his house. And while we were at his house, uh, I was taking a shower. And and when we when we were on our way back, I saw these like storm heads. Just sort of looked like they were just 
coming out of nowhere like they were just apparating in the air like they weren't flowing in over the planes it looks like they were just built like coming up out of nowhere really really strange thing and uh they were getting huge huge and close and i was uh i was in the shower and i get out of the shower and uh i hear his i hear the phones like everyone's phone has got like weather alert sounds like ang 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 and everyone's like, uh-oh, there's a tornado warning. And we're like, what? A tornado warning? And uh, Which means a tornado has touched down in the area. There's one around. There's there's a tornado afoot. A watch means that there could possibly be a tornado. It could happen. And a warning means that one has touched down and he's sneaking around somewhere. So look out for him. And uh, so we walk out the front door. We want to see what's going on. And we go out the front door and the sirens in the town are going off. Whatever. And we get out there, and uh, we're looking around, and we're, we're like, he, uh, Yogi's trying to call his his sister because she might be in the area of town where where the tornado is and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden I hear Yogi go, oh, there it is. And uh, I walk over to where he was standing, and between the buildings and this, this big water tower, I see it looks like just a round cloud. Like, it's not like your stereotypical little, like, thin tornado, right? Like a little like looks like your drain draining it's like this looks like a cloud that is just pointing at the ground and touching the ground it was so big and uh menacing absolutely menacing looking i uh but it was for some reason you know i grew up terrified of tornadoes i grew up having the weather channel like there was a year or two in my life where i was just overwhelmed with terror for tornadoes i don't know what it was there was just something about them, the fact that they can just pop up anywhere. You don't want like a hurricane's coming. You know a hurricane's coming for like days, but like tornadoes can just pop up and destroy your shit. It's like an earthquake, you know? And um, so what happened was I, uh, uh, you know, I, I was pretty afraid of them growing up, but I wasn't afraid in that moment. I started immediately making vines. I made a vine. Uh, you can check it out. You can see the tornado at that stage of, of its life. And then, of course, what do we do? We all hop in the Azuzu Trooper, baby, the good old trooper, and we start driving towards it because that's what you do, right? And uh, we go out towards it, and we found a really uh, good spot. It wasn't heading in our direction. It was kind of heading like parallel to where we were, so it was a safe spot. Like We weren't going to – nothing was bad was going to happen, uh, at least – as far as we knew, but what the fuck do we know, right? And um, took some pictures of it, so I can post some pictures. It was absolutely crazy. Like, uh, I've never seen a tornado in person. Like I said, I've been terrified of them, but it was just so cool to see that thing out there in the field. Uh, but yeah, I'll definitely post them up with this one on the Facebook page. And you can also see them on the Instagram, the pictures of the tornado. You can see Yogi, uh, and actually his girlfriend, Scout, I got a picture of, of them on there as well. But yeah, so it was a really, really great time in in Hutchinson. And I spent about three days there with these people. And it was just a really comforting experience because I had been away. I had been out by myself for just those two days after leaving Naraya. You know, so it was needed. It was needed to have that camaraderie, uh, something very familiar. And uh, it was really nice. But what there was one day the night before the night before I left, we uh, went for a bike ride around town, and uh, Yogi's really good at riding bicycles. 
uh, really good at riding bikes. Like he's doing wheelies and bunny hops and all kinds of stuff. And, uh, you know, I just ride the bike. That's all I do. I don't know anything fancy. I just ride the bike from point A to point B. So we're riding around and he, he's like, Hey, you want to learn how to do a wheelie? And I was like, yeah, sure. Do want to do a wheelie. And so he, uh, he, we exchange bikes. He gets me on, on, on his bike <clears throat> and he tells me how to do it and everything. We're riding and I'm fucking doing it. I'm yanking on the thing. I'm trying to pedal and do this whole thing. And, uh, he's, he's on my bicycle and, uh, he's like, you know, he's like, Hey man, can I try to, to wheelie on your bicycle? He's like, I really think I can do it. And I was like, yeah, dude, go ahead. I trust you. You can do this. And so he goes and he does a wheelie. We keep riding and he's doing wheelies and stuff. And of course he's doing it cause he's a badass. And, uh, at one point I look over and my eye notices that the Tiki man's not hanging on the handlebar. And I'm like, what? I was like, dude, shit, the Tiki man has gone. It's gone. And so I ride, I, he, I immediately turn around and ride back down the way we were going. And I see the thing laying in the middle of the road and I'm like, oh no. So I picked it up. And, uh, what happened was being on my handlebar for so long, getting like all mixed up with my hand, like oils and stuff. Uh, the leather strap had gotten a little weak. So when he was yanking on the thing to do a wheelie, it fell off. And so I tried to tie it back, I tied it like back together. And then I tried to wrap it around the bike. And, uh, when I tried tying it back together and get it around the bike, the thing just like the, the, the strap broke again. I was like, dang, this is, this is not working. So what I did was I just put it in my backpack and I was like, I'll try to get it back on the bike when we get back home. So finally we get back to the house a little bit later and, uh, I tied it back, uh, tied the string back to tie the leather strap back together and I go to wrap it around the bicycle, uh, wrapped around the handlebar and I wrap it around the handlebar. And so the way the Tiki, like, so like I said, it was a strap and a piece of wood and there's a little wire piece that went into the wood to make a loop. And that's where the leather strap went through. And so I wrapped it around and then I, I held onto the tiki and I tugged on it just to make sure the thing was taut. Like it was, it wasn't, nothing was loose on there. And when I pulled it, the wire piece that goes into the wood, like just slid out, like there was no resistance. So if I was riding or doing anything like this thing was coming off, like literally just no resistance just came right out. So it was just a string, a piece of leather with, with a piece of, of wire around it. And then the wooden piece. And I was like, damn. And, and you know what? I thought about it because I really, like I said, had become attached to having this thing on my bicycle and I liked the way it looked. But I also remembered that I was trying to find the owner of the Tiki. And unlike a lot of quests, uh, if you pick up a quest item, they might tell you uh, part of the quest might be like, return the item to so-and-so. But this was like a super special quest. And the special part about the quest is that I didn't know who I was going to end up having this thing. But seeing as how Yogi was the, he, his hands were on it when it fell off the bike. And then seeing as how, when I kept trying to put it back on, this thing did not go back on. I took that as the sign from the universe and the spirit inside the Tiki that this thing was finally home. This thing, uh, had found its owner. I had rode, I had picked this thing up in North Carolina and rode it across the country to Kansas and, uh, found its owner. And so I, uh, I left it with him and he has, like I said, he had this really badass trooper. You can actually see it in one of the pictures of the tornado. And I left the Tiki, I left the Tiki man with him and he said he was going to put a little piece of glue in, in the wood and get the wire back in there. And then he's going to tie it up, uh, around his rear view mirror in his trooper. And, uh, you know what? That's exactly where it belongs. 
Uh, we didn't meet, but I think we're going to be really close friends. Like we didn't meet on the Appalachian Trail. We met on this bike thing, and we only hung out for three days. But you know, that's that's the cool part of the whole thing. Is like I said, like all these different connections and having all these different things happen. There is, you know, that was the completion of the Tiki Man quest. And there's there's magic out there, folks. There's crazy things that happen, and um, it's beautiful and it's wonderful. And here we are at the end. Of 45 minutes and I've told you about how being out there is just like being in a video game only better because it's real life and you get to see the magic with your own eyes and all these different connections and meeting people and uh, told you about the bicycle I had some, I had some interruptions in here and I don't think you you might notice them uh, I did my best to kind of cut around them had to eat dinner in the middle of all this but uh, here we are folks this is the end of the first the first actual podcast, not the pilot, not the intro. This is our first podcast. And I think I'm going to call it the Tiki Man Quest because that's pretty cool, right? <laughs> Heck yeah, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that little story. We got so many more to come. And let me tell you, if you if you enjoyed that at all, I got some shit in store for you. Like there are there's some crazy things out there, some highly generous people. And um, we'll get into all kinds of things. We'll start. We'll talk about trail wishes. We'll talk about just everything awesome stuff awesome awesome stuff and then hopefully i could figure out how to how to interview people and we get some get somebody else in here besides my droning annoying ass voice and uh get some get somebody else in here to talk as well but this is it this concludes it i love you guys remember you can absolutely do anything one love all right take it easy